Hey, boomers! Keep this little episode to yourself, will you? Welcome to Sonic the Comic the Podcast, the show that reminds you of a story you once read, except there's gigantic bull! This is the show that takes you back to the 90s and reminds you of how things was in video games before all the bad stuff that happened since we were children happened and is therefore worse. Via the lens of Sega's fortnightly periodical, that's the good old kind of Fortnite, not the newfangled one that's happened to video games and therefore bad, Sonic the Comic! We're the humans who think we're in charge. I'm Dave Bulmer. And my name is Chris McFeely and you may have noticed me <laughs> uncharacteristically silent throughout that rambling introduction there. Because this week, STCTP stands for Second Time Chris Thrashed by Pandemic. Because it's COVID <laughs> round two for me. I'm coming to the end of it, yeah. but I'm still here for you. Yeah. We are here. You made the effort. Sonic the Comic, issue number 113, released on September 17th. Cover dated September 30th, 1997. Yeah. Um, the part of Tales will be played by an understudy this episode. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> That's not happening, folks. <laughs> but I think my dark visor might have a little extra oomph in it this episode. <laughs> uh, we've got a cover that is uh, Mick McMahon. And uh, it's Sonic stood there. Um, he sure is, isn't he? He stood there. He's got his foot up he, on a robot he, that he's he broken. He sure stood there. Stood there. You know, we've been McMahon boosters on this show, generally speaking, but I feel like I'm coming to the end of my love affair. Oh, you're not liking more. this. I'm quite liking no, this. The, the more he's... The more he's away from decap and mm. the more he's on Sonic, the more I'm um, seeing all this. It's all coming back to me, man. What if they swapped it? What if it was Mink McMahon drawing decap and Nigel Kitching drawing Sonic? Wouldn't that be great? Imagine that. Well, I've always been going on about yeah. how much I love Nigel Kitching's little Sonic. What a treat that would be. But Sonic, Nigel would have to draw him all wrong. So who knows how that would come oh, off? Oh, yes. We will have more discussion of the bad <laughs> and wrong Sonics around the <laughs> midpoint of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it's good. It's meaningful this time. <laughs> smashing new stories. Smashing because he smashed the robot. He smashed the robot. It's just a, it's it's a made up yes. McMahon robot. It's not based on anything that happens in the issue. Doesn't no. look familiar. No, but I like it. It's got those interesting curves that McMahon does on his robots that that kind of look like that '60s style that Yellow Submarine kind of is. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you. I, I'm not so much a lover of the big googly eyes with the droopy eyelids. He likes to give all his robots, but they have. Precedent. I mean, didn't the little ooh, the little ladybird ones have that? I was going to say, I suppose, but yeah, mm. I'm being unfair there because big old eyes with angry eyebrows. You know, that's yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just something about the way he draws them. Well, there's a thin line between eyelids pointing down to make angry eyebrow eyelids and eyelids drooping to look all sleepy and drugged up. Yeah, you know what? Think you might have it. Yeah, mm. think that might be it. Mm. Anyway, so smashing new stories: Sonic decap and tails, plus dancing scene. Your swinging artwork. Plus a Sonic pinup and 100% recycled paper. And, yeah. uh, and just nestled yes. down there teeny tinily in the bottom left corner. <laughs> in the bottom left hand corner <laughs> is a little tiny bit of black text that says free STC stickers missing. Yeah. See your news agent now? I completely missed nowhere it. nowhere else on the cover is it mentioned. No. Uh, that this comes with a sheet of 50 free Sonic the Comic stickers. Look at that. With the stickers <laughs> on! 
I've got my whole sheet. No, they're not sheet. on, folks, but he's got them. <laughs> I've got my whole sheet here. Yes, it's. Um, there is no sign in this anywhere of how it would have been included with the comic. I think it must have been bagged, because if we compare them... So what we have here is, yes, it's an impressive sheet. It must. Of, it couldn't have been bagged, because there wouldn't be a little free stickers missing thing on the cover. That's true. And maybe it was uh, glued oh, on there. Yeah. And, and is there any evidence of that? Well, there isn't, but that doesn't mean it wasn't. Um, yeah. Yes, so what I've got here is a huge sheet of stickers. And, in fact, look, check it out. Bigger than the comic. By quite a bit. Oh, goodness, is there no... Oh, oh my. Is there no crease in it? It didn't fold around? No, there's no... No. God, maybe they were bagged. I then. wonder. I, d- I really don't know. So it's an enormous sheet of paper. It's uh, near, almost as wide as the comic and slightly taller than it. Yes, it's the fact that it's taller. Mm. I don't see how... How, how would you yeah. even store that? Yeah. How would you, how would you shelf Why that? have yeah. they done this? <laughs> they could have picked any size they wanted. Um, it is replete with stickers. Billions of... I mean, it says 50 stickers. That's loads. Yes, now, they have accomplished this yeah. by ensuring that most of them are not very good. <laughs> I don't know. I have an affinity for these. Actually, what's interesting to me about this is that I'm sure I stuck these on my bed. And yet... So I must have had two copies. Well, no, the thing is, though, a lot of these images are not oh, new. Im- yeah. None of these are new images. There's a lot of familiar pieces of work here. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I mean, we're not going to go through all. No, we've got uh, 50 of them. No. But uh, a lot of the things here are things that have been used on previous freebies. Like, yeah. there there are tattoos and transfers images even here. There's the little flying egg camera. Yes. Or the little version of Mobius with the checkerboard loop. Yes, both of them transfers. But there's lots of other stock. There's plenty of stock clip art images of Sonic. Oddly, the Carl Flint profile images of the Chaotix from the Knuckles Knockout yes. special are there. Uh, Amy aiming her bow down with the spotlight behind her. A full bow, a full bow. Yep, and aiming her bow into the camera as well oh. from that one cover oh, yeah. that they used on the subscription page mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, there's some Zone Runner images, yes. very randomly. A short fuse, lots of Sonic and Knuckles heads, Robotniks, some Megadroids. I do like, perversely, I do like... There's little ones of the little Raves and Graves guys yeah. from the uh, from the reviews on. I like that. Yeah, that's real good. So you could put like the Graves one on your maths book and the Raves one on your girlfriend. <laughs> See, I was thinking of school. I was thinking like, what is break break at school? Is the crisps for good? Crisps for break. Yeah. Sadly. No idea how they were packed with the. Comic, no. Which does intrigue me. Down, the, down, there's yeah. no way of telling. Um. I'm interested in this one, which is like t- Zone Runner Tales on an Egomat- on that platform thing that was like an Egomatic. What a sort of weirdly specific piece of art to call it. Yeah, that's, that's the one from the second Zone Runner story where they send the floating platform to fetch him and yeah. they put his coat and his micro-pewter in it and that's him pulling it out. Yeah, Where, where are they pulling that one from? I don't think... <laughs> unless that was maybe used on an old sticker we're not remembering. Because you remember those STC sticker sats did come out right around the time of uh, Zone Runner? Okay. Could so be then, maybe... Yeah. Yeah, very possible. They've really dived into the archives for these. What do they think this brown spiky ball is in, Adolf? Because <laughs> that's one—that's an Orbanaut spike ball. But without its face. Orban- but you can see there's a full Orbanaut one up there in the Oh, other yeah, room. just one of the balls that orbits an Orbanaut. Yeah. And they've just cropped out one of the balls. <laughs> Stupid thing to do. They, they really like. <laughs> and pride of place in the heart of the entire sheet, the man that started it all... The Sonic 3D cover head Sonic. <laughs> the evil transporter accident odd person <laughs> Sonic that we now have to read about. Yeah. And we'll read about him inside. Control Zone.
And it is then not until we hit Megadroid's welcome screen. Hey, boomers, stick them up! That is your impressive collection of free Super Duper SDC stickers. And there's more free gifts to come below. There's one thing I wanted to point out before we skip to below. Uh, we just have the first here, Eldorado mentioned since, what, 1994? <laughs> we'll come to that later. That's talking about the Tales story. Yeah. Yes, we'll focus on it properly. And I don't necessarily write that one off as an out-of-time reference to the soap yes, opera. Yes, it could just kind of be work, Eldorado It, work, it works itself, in context, yeah. exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. But we will come back to it. For, yes, down below there are more free gifts to come. But they've made a, a little a little game out of it. Little game, <laughs> little game we can play. Yeah, it's so exciting. Play on the show. Well, we can't play it because we know. Sadly, we know the answer. But you at home, yeah, you can play along. You Try know, this. Answers at the end of the show. Just turn the podcast upside down, <laughs> and you'll find the answers there. So they've given it the title: Under Sonic's Rule. Next issue. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. And the eye is drawn to a picture of Sonic as a king. See, like rule. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. And it says. STC stickers might be taking over the world of bedroom doors, bikes, etc., but be warned, there's another freebie force heading your way. Okay, forewarned is forearmed. To give you a clue, STC's next giveaway is not curved or bent, but it is called something similar to the picture shown. Confused? Confused? You should be. So, turn to the next issue page to see what's lined up for you Next issue, and uh, there is a clue here in the form of this drawing of Sonic as a King by Stephen Bales from Newcastle, who has won an enamel badge for his effort here. And he's it's a very crenellated crown that he's got on. There's there's like five embedded spikes to each individual spike. Mm. Um, and of course the prerequisite different coloured jewels on it and so on. Um, he's got his funny little pudgy smiley face and he's stood there quite a wide, quite a round. There's been a few chili dogs gone into this Sonic. And he's got the prerequisite cape and Jester Shoe, the curly shoed sort of king there. A little bit of jollity and jauntiness to our king. So that's Sonic in his 60s when he's the king. Don't make Patreon references on the main oh, show. But, but they'll want to go to the Patreon and find out what we're talking about, won't they? <laughs> Don't confuse them. Don't make them confused and scared. They will fear and hate us. <laughs> Arise, ye boomers, it says in the caption, and order your copy of STC 114 now. Mm. And we didn't, because it would just be in the shops. <laughs> so, hmm, under Sonic's rule <laughs> it's not curved or bent no. but it is called something similar to what to a king <laughs> and you can turn to the next issue page to see what's aligned <laughs> up for you we'll leave you to ponder that brain what teaser could until the, the end be? of the show what could <laughs> it be Sonic. Detour, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, with colours by Nigel Dobbin, Whoa. and letters by Tom Frame. It's an all-star team. Mm. While Sonic and Tails are out in the biplane, a strange fog bank springs up around them, forcing them to land. The pair find themselves in a strange, shifting wasteland that changes in response to Tails' thoughts. One minute they're being menaced by a minotaur in a labyrinth, the next, they're fleeing a tribe of yeti on a mountaintop. Deducing that someone is doing this to them, Sonic taunts the culprit into revealing themselves, and it turns out to be a child of the Tantaror, the race of godlike other dimensional reality manipulating beings previously encountered by Knuckles. The child wants to take the heroes as pets. 
but fortunately, before he can, his dad comes along just in time to drag the naughty boy home. Of course he does. It's that one Star Trek episode. It's that Star Trek episode, yeah. Squire, Squire of, of Gothos. Yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask John. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's looking it up after a fashion, It's like it? looking it up. Yeah, but we remember that one. It's the one where a man... It's it's the one they did in Future Armor, except yes. in Future Armor it was an energy being, and in Star Trek it was just a bloke. Well, I believe his parents, when they showed up to whisk him away, were energy beings. Oh, well, there, well, there you go, there you go. We've done the he's not a child, he's 34 gag on we this have. show a few times. Yes. And turns out we were just slightly ahead of the curve. Yes. <laughs> Comic caught yes. up to us in the end. It is unusual for the punchline to be the punchline from something else, isn't it? Like it's, I mean, it's not a punchline, it's just a... Well, well, it, it sort a, of is in this, and it sort of wasn't in Star Trek. Basically, I feel extremely confident, mm-hmm. with no evidence, mm-hmm. that this was something that would have just been done in other things. You know, it's not necessarily recognized as specifically a Star Trek thing, is it? Depends how into Star Trek you were, I suppose. Well, that's it, I suppose. And I wasn't, so, you know. Yeah. I just feel like the great unknowable being from beyond turns out to be a child yeah. that does not know the harm it is doing. I remember an episode of Defenders of the Earth that freaked my nut as a kid. Not like this, but it was about uh, uh, an alien child of obscene power that crashed on Earth or whatever. He is no ordinary child. He was genetically created by the great scientist Shaw Koran to be the son he never had. Koran knew he was dying. He gave his creation limitless power. Koran's legacy is an uncontrollable infant who has wiped out entire civilizations. Correct. We are the survivors. We must destroy the Starboy to save our galaxy. And the defenders, you know, tried to protect it, but it was just when it would lose its temper awful, terrible things would happen. It had a vocal modulation that just weirded me out. Yeah. Everybody hates me! Yeah, you know, the, the idea of the, the alien child that knows not what it does... Right, right, yeah. ...does not inherently seem to be a, a Star Trek thing to me, to my mind. Well, anyway, what this wasn't when Nigel did this story here is it wasn't famous among our generation like it is now because of Futurama. <laughs> among a certain class of person. Yeah. I mean, don't forget, Star Trek was on... BBC Two at six forty-five on a Friday evening. You know, it could well have been the one that was on just before this came out. Who knows? I don't. Trekkies might. Um, Elson on Dobbin action. Lovely stuff. Beautiful. Look at this. We don't get. Have we ever had this before? Dobbin coloring Elson. I can't think of an example of it now. I likes it. It's pleasant and it's pretty. <laughs> And what a range of different blues we get Sonic to be. Just even, mm. like, on the first page, he's got that deep indigo at the bottom of the page. And then he's got, I don't know which one royal blue is, but I bet it's one of the ones he is. <laughs> and then there he is on the, at the top, on top of the plane, and he's a lighter, almost more pastel coloured sort of a blue. Look there. at those lovely cloud paint effects Oh, as gorgeous. Well. Oh, check it out. This is one where I'm assuming Elson sort of lightly put the line work in for the clouds and yeah. then Dobbin really went ham on the paint. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd be prepared to say that 
the first panel is going to be mostly Dobbin clouds, but then the first panel on page two, those are some Elson clouds. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, he probably lightly, like, sketched in the yeah. positioning of them. No, if he knew he wasn't going to be colouring this one, which I would assume he did. Yes, I never do know how collaboration works, especially in physical media. Well, only in physical media, where first panel of page two where there are no black ink lines anywhere. You know, if that's uh, Sonic... Well, there are on Tails, but Sonic disappearing into the cloud as he goes away. Would Rich have inked that or not? Probably not. He probably penciled it and then Nigel Dobbins painted over it or inked it himself. Anyway, absolutely brilliant collaboration of the sort that you... I mean, you only got back then because it's all physical media, but... that's the nature of it, yeah. You'd have to have close collaboration, you know. I think they'd have to, like... I think they'd have to meet up over this one. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's quite. Ju- it's just as possible it went in the post. Yeah, Keith. Yeah. I don't know if they live near each other or not. Probably not, because if not... No, because Nigel... The two Nigels, I think, live nearby. Yeah. But Nigel Kitching used to have to phone Richard Elson, yeah. so he must have been... Further away, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh, it's brilliant. It, what it looks like is two guys sat in the same room working together. Mm, sheet passed along across, yeah. down the line. I'm even picturing one with their arm over there penciling, the other one's arm crossing over his inking and colouring. <laughs> it, it's such a close collaboration, but of course it won't have been done that closely. It's brilliantly, it's brilliant work. Brilliant work. Love it. I wonder how many times we're going to see this again, because I, I like it so much. I don't know. <laughs> I would look forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. This fog appears, and they manage to land through a sort of space in the fog, and they wind up in this strange place where it's just shapes in, shapes in the background. Mm. Oh, I Seems love like, those. Like dashes and spheres and lines. And they're subtle. Quite subtle, yes, because of the colour choices made by Dobbin. Yeah, and because of the focus like that, the, you see some of them in the background behind Tails' head there, but Tails' mm. head dominates the panel so much. The one where they're falling down into the... What, what are they falling down into on that last panel on page two? Oh, that, oh sorry. I, we're looking past the, the grundle of this <laughs> Minotaur here. I was looking at it as some sort of cave entrance. Um, <laughs> no, that's the... <laughs> with, like, gnarled roots at the sides. You see what I mean? <laughs> I do, I do. But that's the, uh, that's the dangling hairs... Of the lower minotaur there. Uh, I was going to say it's loincloth, but... Mm, no, that's that's not a loincloth, no. is it? That That is his treasure trail. It's a hairy bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tails says, like, oh, this is worse than being stuck in a maze. And then, funnily enough, the fog clears just enough for them to see that they're in a maze. Oh. And Tails says, oh, this reminds me of a story I read about a gigantic bull monster that lived in a maze. And then, funnily enough, mm. a bull monster appears. And I was wondering if they were going to, um, whenever I simply read bull monster, wasn't sure how seriously they were going to play it. Yeah. Then, yeah, Tails calls him a minotaur. Yeah, yeah. I assume these were books in Dr. Kinterbor's lab. Yeah. Yes, of course, yes. Foolishness. <laughs> very, the great foolishness of the very idea that a comic for children would maybe have Greek myth being referenced Absolutely. by aliens on could, another planet. Could never happen. There's no Mobian Theseus. Never heard of such a thing. Hmm. There's no animal man on Mobius. Nonsense. What would the Mobian version of Theseus be? Bearing in mind he can't be a minotaur. <laughs> um, bull with a bloke's head. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That'd freak you out on Mobius, right? <laughs> so yeah, it comes out and then Tails imagines a yeti then. And, At least uh, it wasn't a yeti. Ooh, of all the <laughs> monsters in the book, those were the scariest. And then suddenly the maze opens out onto a snowy mountaintop. Mm. Where would you find a yeti? Well, they live on mountains. Yeah, I had to ask. And then this 
his big. See, I imagine Yetis as white. You know, I don't know about you. Yes, this yes. Is brown. It was odd to me that this was sort of orangey brown. I don't know. Bigfoots is brown. Yetis is white. Oh, I know why. I know exactly why. Right. It's just pure art craft, isn't it? It's because the background had to be white. So they wanted him to be something that stands out against that. Background's blue, though, isn't it? Well, yes. <laughs> but that's the that's the white of colouring in, isn't it? <laughs> mm, I don't think that uh, that uh, blue is the white of colours, Dave. No, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> the white of colours. <laughs> uh, anyway, looks fantastic, though, doesn't it? Mm. Um, especially when he goes like... Flippy-eck. At least there isn't a huge tribe of them here. And they all start to, to march over the horizon. Literally the next words out of his mouth. I'd hate to think what would happen if he'd brought the rest of his tribe. Next panel. Oh, it's the rest of his tribe. <laughs> your COVID throat makes your tail's exclamation sound quite Pertwee-esque. <laughs> Pertwee-esque. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's the rest of his tribe. <laughs> it's the rest of his tribe. <laughs> tails needs to learn to keep his trap shut. Mm. Sonic quickly puts everything together and then blasts past the Yeti and runs outside and says, uh, we're not playing anymore. Mm. Game's over. You've had your fun. Show yourself not playing. And then, yeah, one of the Tantaroar appears. Remember the Tantaroar yeah. folks at home? It's all right if you don't. It was a while ago now. Um, they were from the Ghost Ship story from back in STC's number 74 to 79. That long ago. Over a year ago now. Really? And what a what a what a little jolt of surprise! What a pleasant little thing to see a, a Tantaro here, like just a nice little a note well, of continuity, and just the sort of thing we needed after last issue. Very much so. Yes, yes. just that little reward yes. for older viewers here. It's like we know you're we know you're here still. Yeah. We know you're clinging on. Here's a little something for you. And as I recall. We get a little more of that in the next two issues as well. Oh, really? Oh, well, yes. Just what we needed. Just when... Wasn't there a little feeling of moroseness last episode? Where, no, but weren't you sort of thinking like, oh no, is that it for our podcast? Well, not for the podcast, because we have vowed to soldier on. We're soldiering Perhaps on. our enjoyment of doing the podcast Well, matter. Well, I'm a but, little... But I was, sure, I was yeah, worried we, about what we'd be able to come up with to say, to make a hmm. podcast out of. Now, I know there's good stuff coming, and I'm really looking forward, of course, to the old uh, Sonic Adventure era and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's a while away, and I was going, oh... And then no, here we go. And there are other, there are other big tentpole stories that we will have to right. enjoy. But, yes, just a little bit that says, hey, continuity. Mm. Think... Engage your brain a little. Remember this? So yeah, the Tantaroar, not something I could say I ever expected to see again. No, absolutely not. Especially now that we've lost Captain Plunder forever. Yeah, yeah. When something as big and recurring as Captain Plunder can drop out Mm. accidentally, Mm -hmm. almost, it feels like. It feels like they just sort of forgot to ever do anything Mm. with him again. Because the Tantaroar were technically a Knuckles thing, but it was a Captain Plunder one. We did pirate voice on the story, therefore. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Captain Plunder story. (laughs) Tantaroar. Oh, I bet I can get a good... Oh, hear how low that one goes. Oh, my. Where's Captain Plunder when you need him now? Oh, no. Wait, that was a bad idea. (laughs) 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 Pass the hall, soother. (laughs) Oh, I mean, is there anything else to say about this? Monty Python reference? Oh, of course, we've got to mention <laughs> that, yes. We gotta do what we can to stop this alien menace, Sonic says. 
And then a voice appears that says, He is not an alien menace. He's a very naughty boy. It's a Star Trek reference, but he's turned it into a Python reference. Yeah. Of course. What What more of a that generation of comic writer references example could there ever possibly be? It's a Star Trek reference and it's a Monty Python reference. I mean, he's held his Red Dwarf references back for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I have told you on numerous occasions, you cannot have pets until you know how to take care of them. Put these creatures back where you found them, and come home at once. And then... Yes, father. Yes, father. (laughs) Yes, I like to imagine them. (laughs) You must do as I want. I am a superior being. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's very good. (laughs) Not really, though. <laughs> Do me a favor, Tails. Keep this little episode to yourself, will you? Could be bad for my image if people found out that some kid wanted to keep me as a pet. Not exactly a hilarious... Cl- not, not exactly a stringer stinger. Not exactly a kitchen closer. But it's an ending. I'm confused, Marge. Is this a good ending or a bad ending? It's an ending. It's enough. Now, it's it's very pretty, but... um. Elson has gone too far with that loop in the background of the second one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realise that was a loop at first. It's just a sort of a block with a hole in it sticking up on a stick. On the on the top of a really tall stick. Like, like the, the holes have been getting further and further away from the road just to annoy Sonic. And this, <laughs> it must be Robotnik that's making the loop. So he's like, right, uh, he's not getting around this loop. I want a loop, but I don't want anyone to go around it. <laughs> Next issue, Crisis in the Chemical Plant Zone. Okay, okay. So yeah, as a little one-shot story in between the Dracon tentpole event stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more like this, please. Please and thank you. Tales. Fall of the Leaf, part one. Like a leaf's fall. <laughs> written, by, written by Lou Stringer, art by Nigel Dobbin, letters by Elita Fell. Tails visits the affluent El Dorado Zone, and though he quickly tires of the snobbish attitudes of its one-percenter populace, he's quick to help when a drilling machine from the diamond mine beneath the zone runs wild. The popularity this brings him doesn't last long, though. After a socialite's diamond tiara is stolen, the people of the zone turn on Tails when security camera footage shows a shadowy figure that looks suspiciously like the fox committing the crime. Hey, this was good too. I enjoyed yeah. this. Oh, another nice little one. Little one from Lou that once again is availing of post 100 continuity. We have this idea yes. that this used to be the diamond mine zone, mm. where now that without Robotnik to run the planet, the people of the zone have actually been able to avail of that mine to become wealthy and affluent themselves, and the zone has become the El Dorado zone. Yes. Is it a reference to the TV show? Here's the thing. Here's the thing right. Okay, right. I haven't a baldy, bastarding notion <laughs> what the Eldorado TV show was about. So I don't know if this in any way can be mapped onto that. I have a baldy, bastarding notion, but it's one that I'm trying to dredge up the memory of when I found out for episode one, or whatever it was. Which is that it's it's something interesting for these days. It's something like... Now that we've got freedom of movement within the EU... Is that can't... That can't be what the f***ing Eldorado soap opera is about. It was something like that. It was people living in this town in Spain as a result of that or something. I'm going to go and look it up now. And we'll see if it does, in fact, map on in the slightest. Because, as we were saying in the control zone, Eldorado can just be 
you know, a reference to the city, city of gold. Uh, you know, it doesn't have doesn't have to be a re- uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, first sentence of the Wikipedia article: uh, El Dorado, the TV show, was a glamorous upmarket soap focusing on wealthy British expatriates. Set in the fictional town of Los Barcos on the Costa El Dorado in Spain, following the lives of British and European expatriates. Uh, yep. So, yep, it's a, it's, a, it's a flipping El Dorado. It's, yep, it's a reference to the TV show. Yep. Okay, then. All right. All right. So, that's, that's settled. Uh, this is, uh, so, we're back to El Dorado references. Four, four, four years late now. Four, it ended in July 1993. It's 1997. <laughs> the return. But, uh, I suppose that is more up to date than a prisoner reference. <laughs> I suppose it. Oh, the return of a fond old friend, then. So, was I, was I, I right so. then when I said. That this must be the first reference to El Dorado since I want to say 1994, STC. What do we think? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because there was like a reference to it in one of the first two issues. Yeah, one of the very early. I think it was issue two. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Made the first El Dorado reference. Robotnik poodling away, making a reference, and then it was... then I feel like there was one more. Yeah. I think it was in a letters page. The other reference was. Oh, but yeah, it's been over for four years. And here we go. So yeah, so, so yeah, this is a an affluent town full of rich tickets. Anyway, but I suppose that there's a building with a rooftop swimming pool and everything. So it does. It and there's, there's a tennis court there. Yeah. So yeah, this is more. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have questioned it. Really should have. Oh well. I mean, we don't know enough about. We didn't watch El Dorado. It was rubbish. It was famously rubbish. True. Famously, famously. <laughs> so yes. Tails is just flying about, wondering if he can buy a decent veggie burger. Yeah. You can tell me where the local chippy is. We don't have a chip shops in our zone. <laughs> we dine only in expensive <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> this place is far too classy for the likes of you. <laughs> you wouldn't get in without a tie, anyway. What awful snubs. Tails is all set to just uh, bugger off. Um, but then a drill bot mm. from one of the underground diamond mines goes bonkers. Look at the googly eyes on top of it. Yes, it's Shredder's drill vehicle. Shredder's module. But yeah. with googly <laughs> eyes stuck on top. <laughs> but they're like headlights, but they, they look like googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Comes up through the floor of the restaurant. Oh no, it's one of the drill bots. Stop, said the mama fishy. Or you'll get lost. It's table manners are appalling. I love this gag, though. Tails comes shoom, flying in the door. Maybe I can help. I love this. Uh, do you have a reservation, sir? Plenty, but I'll still have a go. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, a classic. It's an old joke, but it's a good one. <laughs> uh, genuinely... I'm I'm that of an old man now that I'll read that and go like ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> yeah I had a good laugh at it because the simple gag of a snobby maitre d asking if you have a reservation yeah. to enter the restaurant in this circumstance yeah, yeah, yeah. to save the day yeah is enough of a gag anyway like not a hugely funny one but it's enough of a gag that you didn't need that actually funny punchline yeah. of tails going yeah plenty but <laughs> and then the way that he defeats it is he just turns it off. <laughs> Yeah, just flies around the drill, and I thought he was doing something where he was like gonna do a real Sonic move, like he was gonna fly and around Ziz the round drill it. in the opposite yeah, direction and, and cancel yeah, it out yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I so. But no, he just flies around it and turns it off. Because <laughs> well, because it's really good. I love this. So the rich lady that you saw on the way in, goes, oh help! The drill will simply ruin my designer clothes. And Tails goes, relax. I've I've battled a few robots in my time. I find that if you steer clear of the sharp and dangerous bits, you can usually find their weak spots. I, I like that a lot. Now, it turns out, mm. as a, as a, um, looks like maybe a, can't tell if he's a mole, 
because we don't see his face properly. But anyway, like a guy him. from the, the mine. He's dressed as a mole, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, he's dre- well, I think you'll find he's dressed as a miner, but... Mm. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> yes, I do. Comes uh, climbing up out of the hole, anyway, and he explains that the diamond sensors on the machine went wild when they detected all the jewellery on the customers. Mm. And someone tries to offer him, like, a diamond uh, necklace. Yes, a diamond necklace as a reward. Not my style, says Tails. What's wrong? Sorry, I've just tuned in to how satisfying a little contrivance that is. That he's drilling for diamonds, and because mm-hmm. it's a, a futuristic robot machine one, it can just home in on diamonds. It just detects yes. them and hones in on them. <laughs> and it makes perfect sense that, therefore, he would drill into this rich people place. That's how I find that very satisfying little construction. Or is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> because as Tails heads up, off with the snob that he spoke to before who when you look at him actually mm. like what a poor man's idea of a rich person yeah. that guy is dressed as isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. Like he's got a big medallion in the shape of a dollar a sign dollar around sign, his yeah. neck and like a, a, a sport coat with the sleeves rolled up over over a white shirt i bet he's not wearing socks <laughs> it just looks yeah. like the type what's wrong with you class a diamonds they are i still prefer a veggie burger and uh tails is like that's it i'm off but then there's this cry for help. It's a woman, a wealthy woman. A woman? Claiming that a diamond tiara has been stolen from her apartment. Mrs. Curly Smythe, her name is. Hyphenated, of course. From the West Mobius Curly Smythes. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely silly of me to have this response at all. But I was sort of going like, well, that won't... There'll be loads around here. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> they've depleted the worth of the diamond here. I'm liking how Dobbin is drawing the Mobians in this one. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, because let us not forget, it was not that long ago. Well, it was long enough ago at this point, but it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that he drew that hedgehog family that freaked our collective bean. <laughs> yeah. But here, everybody has much more cartoonish proportions, I felt like. Larger mm. heads and more wobbly bodies and bigger eyes. They look more at home next to Tails than a lot of characters have in the past. Yes, well, I suppose they they have to be dressed up like socialites, don't they? So there's only so... Because the problem with the hedgehog family is that they were quite realistic compared to no, our no, maybe, cartoony yeah. hedgehog. I suppose they have a flamboyant manner of dress here that does help exaggerate them as characters. Yeah, like you couldn't draw a realistic animal in that. But I do like... I, I always like this in STC. And I shouldn't. I should I should resist this. But I like it when they put an animal that has no business being in Sonic. Like this sad, droopy frog. <laughs> what would a frog look like in Sonic, eh? <laughs> Artists... So then this rather menacing-looking crocodile security guard yes. comes with a printout from the security camera which shows someone entering the 13th floor from outside. And they quickly think it's because Tails has flown in there because the silhouette shows a shadowy figure mm-hmm. that looks rather like Tails mm-hmm. with down to, apparently, two Tails. Mm. But we don't see just a black silhouette. That's it. And Tails flies off with everyone calling, Stop Thief! after him. Stop Thief! Stop Thief! Then the shadowy figure watches as he goes. And I says, I'll be able to continue my crime spree and Tails will get the blame. So was he in any way responsible for that malfunctioning yes, diamond bot? Yes, we wonder. Who knows? We wonder. Next issue. Fox Hunt. And it's looking like what we're going to get here is a, an OC, doesn't it? We're going to get a little Sonicy guy. Mm, yeah, surely, yes. I'm saying bat, based on the silhouette. Uh, I think that second tail is a is a wing, but I don't know. It could be a spiky... Well, the title of the story is 
fall of the leaf. Oh. And we have no context for that. So I'm wagering what we have here. I have a memory nibbling ever so slightly at the edge of my brain here. Might be somebody named, this is a Lou Stringer story, the leaf. And with that in mind, I wonder if he might have two big old holly leaves hanging yes. from his bumhole. Yes. So is he a themed costume individual? Yes, yes. I think we might have a supervillain criminal type well, here. Why not? Anyway, but he's obviously a critter. He's on, He's a Mobius oh, guy, yes. so we're getting an OC. Little Mobian looking guy. Well, I mean, the comic is constantly populated by OCs. Uh, well, in this case, I mean OC. You're here explicitly using the term OC to mean character that actually looks like they belong like in a Like they co- could be Sonic from story. a Sonic thing, yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, like uh, Shorty or something, you know? Mm. Although, uh, no, even Shorty just kind of looked like a normal squirrel to an extent. Well, Shorty had the advantage of being the kind of animal that actually has a muzzle. <laughs> and therefore, it being a short trip yes. to looking like you belong in a Sonic yes. story where bees and crocodiles <laughs> and chameleons all have muzzles. Yes. So yes. yeah, another simple, fun one. Couple of good jokes. Lovely art again from Dobbin. Love that. Lo- lo- just flipping back through the pages here. Love that. I don't know if he's a toucan or what. The... Uh, the dickhead I was talking about earlier. The guy in his purple sport coat. Great character design on that guy. Yeah, whatever he is, he's a type of black-feathered bird with a big orange beak that Nigel's decided to stylize as having a big knobble on the front of his head that made me look back to see if he gets hit by anything. But no, he's always got it. No, he's, he's like a pompadour. Mm. Like a pompadour haircut. Mm-mm. Big spangly rings and chains around his... Oh, God, look at him. I bet he doesn't wear socks. <laughs> Probably doesn't even wear pants. Uh, uh, <laughs> why would he need to? Sure, if he shits himself, he can just buy a whole new set of clothes. Well, yeah, but like, like I wear pants, and and like I don't <laughs> myself still. Like, oh uh, yeah, but I bet that's how he thinks. You know, I bet he doesn't even wipe his arse. Yeah. Oh, I bet suit, he doesn't. That, it's that, getting that, worse. That, that, that like jumpsuit he's wearing underneath that sport coat—it's all white. Oh, <laughs> if that. Coat didn't hang down past his arse. Oh, the <laughs> things you'd be seeing. God, I hate him. What a great character design. Hate on sight character design. I can divine things about this bloke's life. <laughs> Next issue, Fox Hunt. Uh, oh, I've just noticed there's a frog waiter in the panel where the drill's coming through. And that, I think the frogs just excite me. And I've realised that I'm maybe thinking of the time that I saw Sylvanian family frogs and went, oh. <laughs> oh and there was me thinking, you'd be thinking of the frog song or something. Boom, boom, boom. The frog song. Well, I mean, it's a continuity, isn't it? There's a thread through all of those experiences. Frogs. The thread is throgs. Throgs? The thread is throgs. The thread, the thread, Dave, is throgs. <laughs> Just a Pizza. I'm very frustrated by this because there is no evidence of it on YouTube at all. Well, that's because it seems to be another go round at this same. Skittles advertising campaign. Well, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it, these were just the Skittles mascots of 1997. This was just how Skittles were being advertised this year. It wasn't just a one random advert. They made contests and comic Clearly. and things starring those characters. Plainly. We, we did, we've seen them all already. Well, yeah, but I don't, uh, what I don't, what surprises me about it is I don't remember that being, because this all starts with that gangster one, doesn't it? Where they're gangster-headed Skittle people. No, Skittle-headed gangster people. <laughs> yes, so let's take it back. Yes, uh, this is 
the next installment or another go round of the new Skittles advertising campaign that was introduced last year, which we talked about a couple of times before on the show when adverts for it were included in STC, which involved the idea of this gang of fruit-headed mobsters uh, running around and shooting people with real fruit to give them that juicy real fruit hit that you get with a bag of Skittles. And the reason why it surprises me to see anything like it here again is just because I don't remember that being such a big deal advertising campaign for Skittles. I wouldn't disagree with you there, no. Do you know what I mean? I feel as if we... Uh, God, is is this what happened before they came up with Taste the Rainbow? Or is that always there? Taste the Rainbow, I believe, has always been an American thing. Yeah. And then that, I think, came over... Because... Here's the thing, right? So I was on YouTube trying to find out if there were any ads to do with this, because I do not remember this specific campaign at all. No. Uh, and this, I feel like, doesn't communicate a lot mm. about it, whatever the deal with it is. Uh, and I'm finding ads dated to 1997 with the Taste the Rainbow thing, are ads uh, that I recognize. Yeah. But I cannot swear if I do not simply recognize yeah. them from seeing them on television when I would have been in, in America for the first time oh, yes. on my holidays this year. And we went back to America for the next uh, year or two as a family as well. And one thing that you must know about American television, if you've never watched any of it, is the ads are <laughs> constant oh, my mitt. Oh my flipping God. Non-bastarding stop the ads on American television. Every five hurrying minutes they come on. So I was exposed to a lot of ads in a lot a very short space of time that drilled into my brain. I remember a lot of jingles from ads for Florida-specific grocery store chains uh, that I saw in the summer of 1997 because they were so persistent. Oh, hey, by the way, while you're at the marketplace, when when I watch a, a sitcom and there's an obvious gap for an advert break between the last scene and the credits, mm. what are you doing? That, I think, is why they introduced the concept of, you know, having the credits play over a little scene. That mm. feel, I feel like, for me, Friends was yeah. when I started to notice that happening because, yeah, that's, that's where they, they put an ad there and then after the ad, the credits roll. So this was a way of getting people to stick around for the functional last scene of the show by putting something over the credits that mm. one. Yeah. It's uh, it's shocking, mate. And that's usually why there's a little bit before the credits because then once the credits mm. are finished playing, that's when they put an ad in. Mm. It's, it's intolerable. <laughs> I, can't be- I can't believe an entire society functions like this. <laughs> well, it doesn't. Look at it. Eight minutes of adverts to a half hour of a program. <laughs> like, literally. It's shocking. Shocking me. We should tell them what this is because they can't see this in the scans. Yeah, it's a comic strip. Yeah. And it is a comic strip about a character named Ronnie Raspberry. And as we all know, and as I'm sure Dave is about to argue <laughs> in favour of, <laughs> there are no Raspberry Skittles. <laughs> oh, I, oh, is that right? Oh. That's the point of the strip. Because um. Ronnie Raspberry has always been jealous of Aussie Orange's acceptance mm. into the Skittles gang. He hatches a plan to get rid of Ozzy once and for all. So this comic strip tells the story of how he sneaks into the gang's HQ, steals Ozzy's stash of juicy oranges, that is to say bullets, the things that that the guys run around shooting each other with, and then runs around a localised area of Europe and Great Britain splatting people. Oh, and that's why... I'd forgotten this detail of the original advert, so I was confused why every time he shoots someone, splats them, they have this huge smile on their mouth and, and Shrek ears. Yes, yes, because they're getting a real fruit hit. Yes, that's from, what it is. Uh, right, there's something about this whole comic 
just the way that it's done, it doesn't have the flow that a comic should. It's not good. It's not There's good. So, right. Is the key There's thing something about a successfully made comic where you are being pulled along on a thread where it's like, oh, then the character goes there, then the character says this. This is a load of words and pictures that I find it very difficult to psychologically string together. Yes, it's it's not a well-composited comic. I mean, probably the standout moment of that is the bit where a caption just says pizza, dot, 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 and there's no yeah, reason. It's meant to say pizza. Yeah, I guess, but it doesn't say... Because the Leaning Tower of Pisa is in the background, but it has been misspelt. Pizza. But it doesn't it, but it doesn't say like Paris on the previous one where the Eiffel Tower is. It, well, it says from Downing Street to from oh, Downing Street does, London yeah. to the top of the Eiffel Tower Paris, Ronnie splats everyone in sight. Then Pisa, no one is safe. Pisa, no one is safe. So even if it said Pisa, that'd still be weird. But it says Pisa. Yes, it wouldn't be good. But but it says and it says Pizza. No, yeah. and it's just no, it's just not very good. Like it's not very good. It's not very good. <laughs> but uh yeah. So Ozzy is blamed for all these delicious crimes. And he's uh, detained at Her Majesty's pleasure. The line the ad ends on is, Will Ozzy spend the rest of his life in a jam? I think you'd find that would be a marmalade. Will (laughs) Ronnie get away with it? Find out on a pack near you. And we see a a picture of the pack tied in with this promotion, which is a normal bag of Skittles with pink trim around the little zigzaggy, you know, the little pointy bits where the, you know, the, the ends of a pack of scales, you, can, you know, the you one that edges, by, yeah. the, the bit where you tear by, yeah, yeah. and a little pink splat that says special edition, and the drawing of Ronnie, which looks like it's done by the artist who did this strip, yes. running along, and it says, watch out, Ronnie Raspberry's about. Am I to understand that these packs contain raspberry Skittles? Oh, it, they must be. I don't remember raspberry Skittles. I cannot find any evidence. You type Ronnie Raspberry in Google, and marks into Google, you're not going to get nothing, mate. No, nope, not getting anything. And the reason I did it was not just to find out if there are raspberry Skittles, but to find out if that's accurate to what the packet looks like. Because I, f- yeah. I, 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 I feel like they would maybe do a bit better. Yeah, it, it don't look good, do it? No. It, well, and it looks like the, the inking is too thick for it to actually yeah. be what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like it's been drawn on here. Yeah. doesn't look like the actual packet. No. Anyway, yeah, complete mystery. Uh, if anybody has any memory of these, because I absolutely don't. No. And I was hoping you would, None. but you obviously don't. Absolutely nothing. I don't remember anything. Did it even happen for... <laughs> Who knows? Do you remember Raspberry Skittles? There was no, again, there's no TV adverts for this on YouTube. And if they were doing a new Skittle flavor, mm. like you'd think there'd be a TV ad for that. Oh, getting a little worked up there, folks. Do you hear that? <laughs> TV! <laughs> He's getting angry. Getting angry now! He's got his little fists balled up. His face is going red. <laughs> Steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> I killed your brother! I talked! <laughs> but yeah, yes, if this is to telling us that... What's this telling us? Nothing. It tells what us... What is this? It tells us that a character... Name, is the idea supposed to be that... It doesn't tell us no. anything. It gives us a vague suggestion of an idea yeah. that we're trying to deduce what it means. Have raspberry Skittles replaced orange Skittles in these packets? Uh, yeah, because if they have, then this story would explain that, but it doesn't... It's not good enough, I'm afraid. It's not a good I'm comic. I'm so sorry. It's not a good ad. It's not a good anything. No, I mean, all that it does do is remind you of the Skittles brand. And I understand that that's a big purpose of advertising. That's valuable in and of itself, sure. But what's all this going on about? <laughs> is it anything or is it nothing? We need to know. It does... I'm convinced that there are Skittles packets with special edition on them in pink. I don't think they say, watch out, Ronnie Raspberry's about, in the way that they are pictured here. That looks put on... I don't Looks know. Looks fake, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. And if you do, answer's on a postcard. 
<laughs> but from one badly drawn piece of commercial artwork, <laughs> we turn the page to... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So, uh, to the untrained eye, which I would say, I won't speak for you, Chris, but mine was up until a couple of days ago, uh, an untrained eye. This just looks like someone in the office hastily drew a picture of the new bad Sonic we don't like and has decided, for whatever reason, to make that a giant two-page pinup in the middle of the comic. Yeah, it's a little piece of vector art looking, yeah. clip art looking mother f- little just with the spikes <laughs> that with the it's a head-on shot of sonic with his arms crossed and he's got the war it this, this yeah. is the worst bit of bad new sonic like there are a lot of things i don't like about it but head-on shots they are the absolute dead dog's nose <laughs> of bad new sonic where the spikes floof upwards and curve downwards i really can't decide looking and i've got my stickers here so i'm looking inside to side is this worse than the Sonic 3D cover even? Yes, it is. You know, because so the Sonic 3D cover is wrong because the spikes point upwards, but at least it's sort of interesting and snazzy and wrong. Whereas this, it just looks like someone who can't draw. Yep, yep, that's exactly what it is. It's just no artist has or ever will in the following 70 bloody issues of this comic, we're going to have to look at it, has ever made this look good. No my thieving on them. No, now I'm listen, 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 listen. What? Listen, right, listen, right, I'm listening. Listen, what? Listen, listen. <laughs> it's not even that it's bad, wrong Sonic design, because uh-huh. Richard Elson has drawn that and he's tried yeah. his hardest, and it still looks bad. But it's yeah. a nice Richard Elson yeah. drawing of a bad design. Yeah, this is dog <laughs> as a pinup. This is yeah. just a piece of clip art that they have blown up to double page size placed on a swirly metallic background and put the text embossed they're really getting into those photoshop effects now yes embossed text sonic the hedgehog at the top and they're not fully in control of the swirly metallic background because whatever it is they've used has created this odd white lump to poke in on the left yeah no uh, no that? um glow effects applied no. to that random white lump no i w- right i'll give it this right I appreciate the little cheeky look he's got on his face. Something about the glower he's giving. He doesn't giving. have a cheeky look. He's got no look. He's no mouth. He can't look cheeky without a mouth. And he cannot scream, which he would, based on this. Oh, design. Dave, you can't get me worked up. Like You can't say things like this. I can't argue with you properly. I think if he had a little... I, 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 will I go as far as to say that if he had a mouth, it would deplete the cheekiness of the look? I don't know. Maybe don't but know. if it was drawn by someone a bit better. It's just... Something about the way he's looking up at you with that little glower on, I don't mind that. But it's not a good poster. It's not It's not drawn on the scale for a poster. You've got giant round ends on all the lines. Mm. Yeah. But, folks, so here is the thing. <laughs> we've been a little unfair. Yes. To the artists of STC. How could we have known? In our assumption that these designs that have formed upswept spikes and things like mm. this mm. have been the attempts of the artists Mm -hmm. to try and make the cover of Sonic 3D work. Yeah. For it turns out, as presented to us in our Discord by Boomer Lee H. And the best way to get onto the Discord is to join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash HTTP. That a new style guide was created around this time. Mm-hmm. Lee shared an image here that was from around the time of Sonic Generations, which contains many familiar Sonic style guide images, and three from this era, which include 
literally this exact image yep. used on this poster. Yep. An image of Sonic with the upswept spikes down at the bottom of his head, which is interestingly shown to be Sonic like falling or jumping down, mm. descending yeah, from yeah. above in some capacity, indicating that you are not supposed to draw them that way all the time. <laughs> and that is the effect of the rushing wind as he falls. And yet here we are. And a drawing of Sonic with the far spike visible poking up on the other side of his head. Yeah. A little spike that Dave's quite fond of that we've drawn like attention it. to. So it turns out that this was not a case of the STC artists trying to make a bad idea work, but the STC artists just being handed a big packet of bad ideas <laughs> and told to draw them all the time forever. Uh, yeah. And turn them into a pinup. <laughs> There is nothing good in the world anymore. <laughs> and I ought to give a certain amount of credit to the editorial team here because they seem to have done a little bit of shading on it to at least make it palatable. <laughs> oh yeah, along his belly and his gloves. And on the bottom that, of the yeah. shoes, and it just and that doesn't appear to be present on the model sheet. Now, you never know, there could have been a shaded version of the model sheet, but it, it seems like they were at least thinking of us. It's the single worst <laughs> one of the four to turn into it a It actually is, isn't it? It looks so bad. They must have liked his cheeky face. And at least one of them has been used on the sheet of stickers. The sideways skidding to a halt one has been zoomed in on to just give us a look at his, you know, his eyes and nose and mouth. It's, it's a very cropped image. So that's already being... These, these designs are already being presented to us as stickers, posters. They're being disseminated out to us to get us used a to this... criminal crime. This propaganda to get us used to this new design. <laughs> well, Lou Stringer has taught me enough to know mm -hmm. that if we all stand up together <laughs> and fight the induction of this new Sonic the Hedgehog design, if we start writing letters and send them back to 1997... <laughs> oh, wait. Attack. The Fearless Monster Hunters, written by Nigel Kitching and Richard Rayner, art by Nigel Kitching and letters by Ellie DeVille. Monster Hunter Colonel Boldwig Smythe and his son Giles arrive in Transylvania in search of the Two-Headed Terror, or Chuckin' Head, as we know them. When Igor learns of this, he immediately tries to sell Chuck out. But Boldwig Smythe has a history of not being able to tell real and fake monsters apart, and dismisses our two-headed hero as a phony. Didn't we already have a Baldwin Smythe type name earlier? No, we had a um, Curly Smythe. Curly Smythe, yeah, back two in the, Smythes. Uh, in the Tales story, we've had two. But that's what, you know, whenever you hyphenate a name to create a British upper-class twit, Gotta put a Smythe, Smythe on is there. the name, obviously. Gotta do it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we meet these guys. It looks like they've maybe just uh, got off the train or something mm, yeah. to... Uh, to Transylvania, where uh, the colonel, who is full great white hunter, pith yeah. helmet, jobbers, yeah. the whole deal, his monster detector isn't working. <laughs> this is some silliness, isn't it? It um, is, but it's good silly. Yes. It's no use, Giles, my boy. The castle of Frankenstein is shrouded in mist and secrecy. <laughs> Literally, he just happens to have his back on a path going all the way up the mountain that's got three separate signs saying, This way to Castle Frankenstein! First on there for the castle. You're almost there. And, of course, this sets up the conceit of the strip, which is that Baldwin Smythe is a complete ninny, and yes. his son is the one who is yes. smart. He's pointing out obvious things that this guy is missing. I didn't even actually clock this next guy. We'll ask for directions here. But, Father, don't dawdle, Giles. 
and where they have gone to ask for directions is the Castle View Tea Shop. <laughs> Clearly telling you the castle's right there, mate. You can you see it from turn here. Turn around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, his son Giles is just a man or a boy. But he's not... He What he hasn't got is a big costume of a hunter on. He's just a guy. Mm. He's got a big long face and a big floppy fringe. And a very big coat. Kind of a Bowie-ish energy about him, isn't there? Don't know what it is about him makes me think Bowie, but it, it just does. I don't know. Must be the hair and the long face and the big coat. I see, my good woman. Could you direct us to Castle Frankenstein? Yes, <laughs> Good sir! You mustn't venture to that terrible place, says the tea lady. Not tonight of all nights! And then we get some more hubbub from the other guys in the tea shop. <laughs> oh, my God. Old man's a foot. And then there's this one guy in the middle who's. Definitely, he's definitely Scottish. Aye, yeah. he's, he's doomed, doomed for sure. Doomed. <laughs> Sir, the rumours are true then. I'm afraid so. Tonight's the night Professor Frankenstein practices his yodeling. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, sitting at a nearby table, blending in. <laughs> Blending in as they do is Igor and Head. Igor's just sipping at his tea in a kind of yes. in a kind of. I don't know why it makes me think that just his pose looks blending inny. Something about the side eye that he's giving. <laughs> he's got this the guy. finger out. Yes, that's and how then, you know they're trying. Yes, and then next <laughs> and then next to him is Chuck and Head, dressed up as one guy. You know they've got a great big coat on. Um, Chuck is just poking it up, poking one eye out between the buttons. Between the buttons, I love that. Uh, I'll tell you about the castle, stranger. Why don't you join us in a cup of uh, novelty asparagus and broccoli tea? Uh, it's one of those things where the flavour wouldn't be good. <laughs> Do you get like it? a Michelangelo pizza. Uh, anchovies and jelly beans. Yeah. Bodacious. I, sir, am Colonel Bildwig Smerth, the famous monster hunter. And son. Well, I've never heard of you. What monsters have you caught then? Asks Head. <laughs> Was it not I who captured the abominable snowman? Unfortunately, by the time we got home, he'd melted. All we had left was a container full of slush. In last winter, we spent three months on a trawler searching for the flying fiend of the deep. <laughs> Turned out to be some fellow with a halibut on a piece of elastic. What? <laughs> what do you get that? I don't. It's just, it flies because you can go boing. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's Fair really enough. all it is. Yeah. I don't know where he was standing, this guy, but okay. On the boat, I assume. <laughs> Ah, ah, just boinging it in front of the boat and this guy goes, forward, quick, I'll get it. So he shows them this artist's impression of the two-headed terror of Transylvania, which is a much more... Oh, I like this. Yes, this is nice. It's like if Chuck and Head got involved in a transporter accident. Yes, yes. Someone has seen them and has drawn them, but really scary, and their heads are kind of melded together. Yeah, yeah. As if he was not merely a skull on top of a completely unrelated body. No, but a sort of out, a growth. Actually growing up out the top of Chuck's actual mm. head. Oh, you know, I might be able to help you now. He offers to pay him well for the information. He goes, what are you doing? Do you want Head and me to end up getting captured? Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Here's your monster. <laughs> <laughs> Just tears the, the off. jacket off him. I prefer cash, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You insult me, sir. I'd have to be as blind as old Jack McBlind to fall for an obvious fake like this. Black out of reference. Uh, Father, are you sure? This looks genuine to me. Ego, you would sell your own mother. Who told you about that? <laughs> Still got good price. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> good gag, good gag. Two standout gags in this one. It's that one and the, uh, do you want us to get captured? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, Baldwig Smythe promptly decides they're wasting their time. 
but I've heard tell of a three-hatted Essex vampire dressed in radiant white with jumpers tied around his waist, known by his fearsome cry of, That was a googly. Uh, I, I think that was an umpire, Daddy. Don't argue with me, boy. Do umpires have three hats? <laughs> I'm not sure that sounds... Listen, yeah. it's, a, it's a cricket joke, so you or I ain't going to get it, are we? No, we, yeah, you read this and you wonder if it's about a particular guy or whether it's about umpires <laughs> in general. And then we end with the... Uh, as we, we end as we opened with a little shot of Baldwin's mm. uh, diary where it reads, As we took our leave of Transylvania, we heard a blood-curdling wail from the distant mountains. The unmistakable cry of the mountain banshee. One day we will return. And it just ends on a lovely shot of the professor leaning out the castle window, going, Yordle Oh, well done. I thought you were going to have more trouble with that than you did. I'm actually a little surprised that came out as well as it did. <laughs> you must be recovering right before my eyes. <laughs> Podcast therapy. <laughs> so it's just silly, mate, but it's yeah. a good silly. Yeah. Not like that bad silly that Chris doesn't like. Yeah, not like the bad sillies that don't have stories. Next issue, Chuck and the Cheese Factory, oh, part one. That's got to be oh, a... Oh, multi-part decaps That's got to be a Wonka riff, hasn't it? Obviously. Chuck it's and the to, Cheese I mean, you, you hear Chuck and Cheese and you think... Chuck, Chuck and Cheese. cheese yeah. but that, oh, we're going to get the rocker fire in. Well, it's not a reference we'd be making in the UK yet. No, it's not. Thing, you know? So it's got yeah, it's one hundred percent no doubt. There's gotta be a. I wonder if there's anything to do with uh, Slurpa cheese. Yeah, remember we got uh, remember he's going to the Slurpa cheese factory. Mm-hmm. You know that drinkable cheese drink from the football strip. I think it's going to be a similar sort of joke. <laughs> <laughs> Something about cheese is nasty. Uh, no, well if we're going to the factory because they've won a take, it must be good. It must be a good kind of cheese. They must like it. Yes. Graphic zone. Let's dance zone. Put on your red sneakers <laughs> and dance the beakers. Blue Sonic head, the blue, the blue blur, <laughs> blue. I don't know. It's I don't know. Funny. That was get very good. Bowie in there, getting a little very, Bowie very influence yeah, from yeah. that one son. Uh, Real there. good stuff. It would have come together better if I had my senses about me more. I promise you that. Just imagine the better version of that joke that didn't quite happen. This is the graphic zone where everyone is in pink tutus. Because they're dancing. Yeah, and there's only one or two questionable pictures yes. this time. But we'll come to it. <laughs> First off, Jenna Hale from York. She's uh, won a digital... Oh, won a Sonic digital... Oh! Oh, it's a Sonic digital watch! That's the thing. Oh! It's a new prize in the graphics zone this week. Yes, without fanfare <laughs> or announcement in the control zone where you might expect it. Now, anybody who wins a prize in the graphics zone instead of Crayola... Were they stampers? Mini they stampers, were mini yeah. stampers, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, you get a digital watch. There's oh, nothing to do with drawing at all. So there's a little banner down the bottom of the second page that says, keep on the watch for that yeah. all-important post-delivery as each artist's humour gets the work printed. Get- and then there's a picture of the thing, and it's a, um, so it's a, a simple digital watch, you know, so a round clock face, but with just a little strip in the middle for the time. Yeah. And it's got, like, on the strap is where the Sonic is. Uh, it says it says Sonic the Hedgehog, totally cool on the face. Uh, but on Ooh. the strap, there's an actual picture of him that you can see half of. On both sides of the strap. But then, d- next to that, there's a picture of a superior Sonic watch. <laughs> An analog watch. The one we liked from early on, like year one, where it's the Sonic 1 pose Sonic on on a watch, and it looks real good. Not year one like as a prize in the comic, you just mean... No, that. I mean that in year one of STC, they advertised these watches, and we liked them. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, there was three of them. 
Uh, there might even have been a prize, but for a full-on competition, not just sending a picture in. And it says Sonic Quartz analog watches are available for just $9.99 each from the Intercity Watch Company. So they've still got... Oh, oh, and it's an exclusive offer. you got to send a check or postal order made payable to the Intercity Watch Company to Sonic the Comic Watch Offer in the Carvel Building in Middleway in Birmingham. they got to get rid of that remaindered stock in the back yeah, there. even though it's highly desirable, I would have loved one of them just now. Just send it in and we'll, they'll give it away. Let's see what happens. Yeah, they, well, they include the phone number. Maybe I'll ring them up and see if they've still got any. <laughs> That's an exclusive offer available only to STC readers, but I'm an STC reader, so... Yeah. Where's my watch? Where's my elephant? Please allow 28 uh, days for delivery. Do you think 28 years? Do you think they'll uh, count that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Gemma Hale, uh, yes. who wins this watch, has drawn Robotnik. This is this is the, the standout picture on the first one because they've made mm-hmm. it the biggest. Robotnik in full ballerina outfit. Loving it. Yeah, he's having a great old time. Eyes closed in ecstasy. And he's it says walking in rhythm because, of course, he's up on point. And he's doing he's doing a dance. He's a ballerina. Yeah, it's a nice picture. Yeah. Odd picture. Nice yeah. picture. Yeah. Uh, to the right, Daniel Roper from Beckenham and Kent has drawn Sonic in a big pink skirt. Yeah. With a rose between his teeth, eyes clenched, arms spread as yes. he sails through the air. And SDC have captioned that Sonic goes bolero. I can believe this is a dance one, but it needn't be a dance one. It's it, he could have just come off a spring and be dressed in a skirt. But this uh, is true. But he uh, could also be ballet pointing along the, the floor. Well, bolero specifically. Well, I suppose so. Ravel's bolero, believing being the famous song that Torval and Dean performed to. Yes, but did they do it on tiptoe? Is the question. Well, they were ice skaters. Yes. Did they have little ice skates on the toes? <laughs> well, I wouldn't have said it was necessarily so much the tiptoe thing as the arm spread thing, because didn't he lift her and she do the arm? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he is on tiptoe. Is the thing he is. He's um, but... flying. He's going whoosh. Mm, mm, mm. Like she did. Oh, so could there be a cropped second dancer underneath throwing him up into the air to do that? Yeah, that's what it is. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one James Day in Ilfracoom. I'm sure we've had James Day before. That's a. F- yeah, we've. Uh, totally I, that sure sentence. I don't. I don't. Like, I basically don't read these names when I read the comic <laughs> and I hear them spoken uh-huh. aloud now or read them now when I go to read them out. And I've, James Day in Ilfracoom. Yes, 100%. We've heard that name before. Absolutely. Well, James can draw. And he has drawn, it says, one minute to pirouette. I, I don't know what that means. Um, but it's Sonic is there looking baffled and dazed and confused. He's got a spotlight on him. What it is, is he's woken up. He's in a dream. He's dreaming that he's doing a ballet. He's got a big purple tutu on and he's going, what? What am I supposed to? What is it? He's red faced. He's gone yeah, all embarrassed. pointing at himself. Me? What, me? I'm supposed to do this? I can't believe I'm wearing a dress. Yeah. And it's it's a great little face on him. It survived even the uh, incorrect ratioing that STC it's not too bad, yeah. STC has given it in here. Now the next one here by Claire Nagarajan from Kingsbury in London is Amy. Yeah. And it's Amy right. So what's going on here is Amy's got her left arm stuck up into the air. Yep. And her right arm is stuck downwards, yep. pointing the other way in a kind of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Yeah, it evokes that, yeah. Arm movement, Or sure. semaphore, one of them. Yeah, one of the two. And she's otherwise in her standard STC garb, white t-shirt, red heart, pl- uh, tartan skirt. And there are some glowing sort of diamonds yes. above her. And uh, STC have captioned it Dancing Queen. But Dave, I got a suspicion. Oh, have you? I got me a suspicion, What's Dave. What's your thought here? 
I think those platform shoes have uh-huh. been added in oh, the post. Oh, you're right. They're done with a completely different done sort with a of pen completely different to everything pen. else. A lot of the white bits on this drawing have been coloured yellow for some reason, best known mm. to Claire. Her eyes and the bits that are normally white on yeah, her but, shoes. Yeah, but not her top. Uh, but not her top, yeah, or her gloves. She's wearing them, but then she they have these big platform soles. Mm. And the outline of these platform soles has like been added with a biro. It's, yeah. it's not the same thick black felt tip outline. No. So I don't think uh, Claire was drawn a dancing Amy at all. I think STC just went in and added some platform shoes to give her a slightly dancery look. Mm. Which brings us to... <laughs> Which brings us to this crime. <laughs> Ricky Peebles is the victim of this crime. He's from Glasgow in Scotland. Wins or a digital watch. Oh, oh yeah, Ricky. In fact, it's R-I-K-K-I. And uh, has drawn... Sonic! It's just, it's just Sonic. No, it's a bad wrong Sonic. Uh, with well, the spikes well, going yeah. the wrong way. Yes, so, it's but, a... but I'm not going to hold that against Ricky. In much the same way, I will now not hold it against the artists of SDC. Well, quite. It's almost as if they've already seen the poster in this particular issue, because it's based on that forward view of Sonic. Mm. Unless it's a coincidental bad uh, yes, drawing unless of it's forward just view. badly drawn. Because <laughs> it, it very much could be the way it's been drawn it, here. It, it actually could be. that. Do you know what? In fact, yes. Could it be that what's happened here is that a child's bad drawing, or normal for a child, like a good drawing for a young child, yeah. of Sonic from the front, is equal to the official new model sheet's badness. I can believe that. I Could believe that be. Rightly. Um, but it's just Sonic standing there. Doing a very similar pose. One arm up, yeah. Yeah, one arm up, one arm down. This has then been definitely defaced. defaced. By the same biro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thinness, it's the same colour, and it's about the same level of artistic skill as mm-hmm. the children drawing these pictures um and what they've done is they've added a medallion um it, it the medallion is so dodgily drawn that it kind of just looks like a sort of a clenched fist or a knot or something <laughs> it's, and it's not colored in and it's drawn in this new pen around sonic's uh, neck and with a speech balloon drawn in the new biro which is it's not a very well-drawn speech balloon even but at least it does i quite like how it goes by <laughs> Behind his arm. <laughs> That's an interesting touch. I will say, though, uh, yeah. you notice how the tail of the balloon does overlap Sonic's body. Yes, it does. And the white of it, you know, I, you know, it I, hasn't think just, it, I think it's been tip-exed. Yeah, I was going to say, they haven't literally just, like, not like with the medallion, which has just been drawn yeah, over yeah. the fully coloured art. Not even tip-exed. Yeah, they've probably tip-exed the, uh, the tail of that balloon on in there, yeah. There is a little bit where the blue of the pen of the drawing does cross over the tail of the thing but that doesn't change my opinion but you can tell it's been pasted over because you can see that bit where the blue has escaped the line of sonic himself yeah but not into the tail of the balloon yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. and it's done with the same biro as amy's platform Mm. (laughs) and it says this speech bubble says in a 1990s adult woman's handwriting oh my goodness yes i assume (laughs) deborah tate did it herself In the, ha- it, I mean, I don't know what I mean by this. It doesn't resemble my mum's handwriting, but that is oh, a. But sure, yeah. That is a the handwriting of a woman in her thirties. At no point did you hear me contest you. No, it is, <laughs> and it says John Travolta, eat your heart out. That's another way you can tell that it's a middle-aged woman. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wouldn't go that far because eat your heart out is the kind of thing you'd hear in American cartoons. No, I just mean John Travolta. Oh, <laughs> I just mean a reference okay. to John Travolta. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, John Travolta, eat your heart out, implying that what Sonic is doing 
is the ah, 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 staying alive. And dance. motions. Fortunately, things go back on plan <laughs> and on model for the remaining two pictures on the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, Mark Story from Whitley Bay and Tyne and Weir, which is, hey, guess what? It's Sonic in a tutu. Turtle power! Yep, that's Sonic in a tutu. There you go. That's what that is. Turtle power. Moving on. Robotnik's ballet class uh, is sent in yeah. from Nicholas Gatti in Birkenhead, Merseyside. So, Robotnik is in a pink tutu. And he's all dressed in pink. But I don't think he wants to be. Not this one. No. Because he's saying, I hate that hedgehog. And Tails is laughing at him in the background. The, the, this this is a joke that's yeah. been pulled on him somehow. Sonic has force-famed him. <laughs> yeah. With using his speed. Sonic has whooshed around him a few times. And what's come out on the other end is Robotnik all dressed in pink. And doing a pirouette. And up on point. And Tails finds this tremendously funny. Or at least the tip of one of his tails finds it funny. <laughs> because that's where the speech bubble tail is pointing. Ah, uh, well, it's been a while since we've had some crimes in the uh, graphic zone, hasn't it? <laughs> crimes on that level. Yeah. Always on the lookout for them now. Yeah. It's, the, it's the dirty secret of the graphic zone that we're always trying to unearth. <laughs> and it's not hard for a graphic zone to sometimes make you feel dirty. <laughs> Do you know what else often makes me feel dirty on this show, though? Could I it be totally, the... I was totally <laughs> off the cuff. And then, diary zone. I have a bad case of diarrhea. I have a bad case of diarrhea. I have a bad case of diarrhea. Welcome to the Diary Zone. Yeah, this podcast wants you to feel what it was like to live in that time. And what better way than to actually crack open the actual diary of a contemporary teenage reader of this comic. That teenage reader is me. I have my diaries from that time. And this is what is in them. Now, I will say that there is a greater chance than ever this might kill me. (laughs) <laughs> so tread lightly, please. I don't have the fortitude about me currently to combat your nonsense. Sunday, the 21st of September, 1997, at 11.43pm. Late is what it is. For saying I've been losing some sleep recently, and it's school tomorrow. There's a new Sonic chat room. Oh, no. After the last one became kebleft. Uh, miss... Came, I'm... What? Uh, be, it became kebleft. Kebleft? Mm, yes. Kerbleft yep. noun. Yeah, there's no specific meaning uh, to 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 go wrong in general. It's been kerbleft. But the thing is, I'm, usually I would just use the word as a noise. But if it has a definition, it would be this: to well, go. I wrong. could I could understand saying after it went. Mm, yeah. But you're saying it has gone. It has. No. What say? What was the sentence again? It has become kerbleft. Become. Become. Yeah. You don't become. No, you don't. You go. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, anyway, there's a new chat room. Uh, Miss Sonic made it, and in about three hours, it became about as popular as the original. It's actually better as well. Okay, listen, this... I was really surprised to read this, because my memory of this was that, like, in the very early days of being online, there was a Sonic chat room on the web, and I thought it very quickly got replaced by the Miss Sonic chat, and then after a longer time with that than with the original, finally we either went to IRC or we dissipated or AIM or whatever it was we did. Like, we went to something with an actual functioning interface. But apparently, we're just getting started. Luckily, the descriptions of RPing seem to have stopped. Uh, so we're, most, Excellent. we're mostly Wonderful. just chatting like people now, I, I guess. Um, what are you chatting about? D- don't say. Chat about Sonic? Dork. You probably, yeah. <laughs> Monday the 22nd. Can you imagine people getting on the internet and no, talking about I've Sonic? Never, I've never heard of Not it before. Once, mate. No I don't way. want to hear about it again. Monday the 22nd. I'm writing a musical about Dizzy. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. I'm not even annoyed. It doesn't make you blink or raise an eyebrow or anything, does of it? Of course you are. 
came up with a second song for it today. I see Dizzy's bits are sounding a bit Britpopish. <laughs> um, Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Grand. Sing me one. Do it. No, go. It's not a singing one, it's a MIDI playing one. I did end up writing a few songs for this idea, but I never wrote them down, or I rarely did. I started off writing some of them down, as just like uh, midis. I was going to ask, were you doing original tunes, or were you taking the background music and putting words to it? All of the above, of course. Uh, okay. So I remember writing this quite complicated bit where there was dizzy tunes being used inside an original tune to illustrate a bit where they were doing the backstory, and it would cut to like flashbacks with, uh, God knows, some sort of animation on the screen. Anyway, well, this is the thing. I never really wrote these down because there was no way of doing it. I was never going to put on a dizzy musical. But these days, with musicals being written on flipping TikTok and stuff, yeah, I think it might now. have been a quite fun novelty thing to do. Um, what you, what, what's, what's this past tense? Oh, well, just do it now. Because I didn't write them down. Yeah, well, no, you start from scratch, do it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember lots of tunes from it, actually. I could write Dave them Dave Bulmer's Dizzy. What I used to do is I used to run them through my head in the shower and such and build them up like that, so I've got... Yeah, I've got I've got some of them still in my head. picture pencils i remember this i find it interesting sometimes the way how you write your diary how sometimes you write your diary as if it's a a work to be found by archaeologists yeah and it's properly explaining what i'm talking about yeah you provide full context and then other times you just note down things that are already in your head yeah and you know what they are when you read your diary but but you provide no context for it within the yeah. Now I think that this one comes with it with a bit of context of its own because I've put finished the windows pick pencils. This would be consistent with a teenage Dave who assumes that all of his brilliance is on file in the future. And so readers of this diary will go, "Oh yeah, the windows pick." Ah, uh, we'll find the diary alongside mm. all of the other uh, works. Oh, they don't No, they don't need to they don't need to find that. It's all famous. Oh, right, 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 right. It's yeah. all the wonderful works of Dave. This is the audio tour in the museum as we yeah. go through. Yeah. yeah. The Windows pick, what it was, was that I, I found out that... it. So in those days when you turned your computer on, the Windows 95 logo would come up and mm. fill the screen. Remember it well. And I found out that you could replace that with something else. And I had a scanner now. I did not know you could do that. Well, I mean, I, I think you could. Maybe I decided you could. Mm-hmm. But maybe you could. So I had drawn this picture of, like, all my Demon Tomato characters with a Windows flag that they were standing around. And that was going to be our, our boot-up screen now. Um, it's not a bad picture for what it was. Tuesday the 23rd, the first Sonic chat, the original Sonic chat, on which all of the stuff happened. I interrupted the furry sex. I made all those friends. All of that stuff is gone. Burned from this earth. Gone. Lives on only in your diary. It just ceased 
to exist. All those beautiful, wonderful memories. Do you remember the beautiful, wonderful memories, Chris, that we have? I try to forget, dude. Remember those? Wiped. Deleted in an instant by Gordon knows who. The capricious whims of Megadroid the God. And what about those who don't know about the new Missy chats? God, it must be horrible for them. Just, just gone? Outside to touch grass. I must tell the world about Miss Sonic's chat. What we've got here is that the web chat that we're all used to using has been neglected and allowed to functionally crumble by its owner, leading to the hasty creation of alternatives that we're all now flocking to and struggling to rebuild our contacts on. Can't imagine it. After the quick and inevitable final collapse of the platform. Couldn't happen today, mate. Anyway, you can find both of us on Mastodon and Blue Sky. <laughs> As for the Windows picture, inked the Windows picture. I'll scan it tomorrow and send it to Jeff Axer. I don't know why I've picked Jeff Axer in particular, um, but he's... Uh, Sonic people might know of him. He's a... Uh, well, he, I think he does the cards for deck-building games now. An artist. He worked on Archie, uh, eventually. Oh, right. Yeah, in fact, I think he was the first person to essentially be like, go from being an online Sonic fan artist yeah, to yeah, being I'm in actually, Archie. No, something, yeah, something's forming in my memory now when I hear that name next to the Archie. Yeah, yeah I think he was the basically the first instance of a fan getting to do the real comic, as it were. Mm. Uh, also worth noting that uh, he was responsible for the famous Nine Inch Tails drawing. And to us 15-year-olds, yeah, even before he got that job, we were looking at his art and going, oh my god, you're like a professional artist. These are 15-year-olds, I will remind the listeners who, or one particular 15-year-old who's on the podcast with me right now, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who, upon seeing the artwork of the most beloved American Sonic comic artist, Patrick Spaziante, responded by essentially saying, is it meant to look like that? <laughs> so take this notion with a grain of salt, not to impugn in any way the professional successes of Axerker. Wednesday, the, the 24th, I'm, I'm having a little internet chat. <laughs> Had a nice chat with a girl. A girl? A woman? A woman? Called Foxy. 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 These days... If you got a message from a girl called Foxy, you'd block and go on with your day. Uh, and her avatar would be... You know, all of the pictures that you posted would be different models. <laughs> but I'm convinced this one's real. Of course. Foxy. Is there more to the story, or is that where we stop? Um, that's, that's where we stop for now. Uh, well, well, there's a little bit more. It says, no, she's a friend. Oh, yeah. Apparently, we've got a lot in common, though. I say, she's kind of like a female counterpart. She's mirroring back my interests and agreeing with them. Well, that's me convinced. <laughs> I'm, ge I'm getting drawn in by the existence of this foxy chick on the internet. So, sorry about that. And we'll find out more about that in the next... Sadly, in the next Diary Zone. I, I wanted to put it in this one, but it's in the next oh, one. Oh, hold on to your socks. The affair continues. Mm. <laughs> mm. Listen, it had to happen, right? Sure, but I'm surprised it took this long. We've had Flair. Yeah. We've had... <laughs> we've got the new one, Foxy. Probably the same guy. <laughs> Thursday the 25th. Well, I told Americans about Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. Oh, dear. That can't have gone well. <laughs> Friday the 26th. Got some Sonic content. Uh, went on the Sonic muck and downloaded Simple MU. I'm addicted. Must control myself. See that old Sonic muck you're into? <laughs> I know what a muck is, but it's just, yeah, yeah. there was something about the way you said it there, man. I mean, we don't know what they're doing on that mug. It's probably Foxy who's taking me there. Yes, if you don't know, listeners, imagine a text. Um, 
Anyway, rooms you can go. It's chat rooms yeah. that have got long descriptions of what room you're in. Yeah. And you can walk about and talk to people there. We're all playing in that. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So it's, it's what I thought the Sonic chat room was. But it is. <laughs> and everyone takes on characters and bees that character. And of course, it's all based on not whole. I d- My memory is I didn't really go there many more times. I think I went the one. You had to set up... Didn't you have to set up something called Telnet? I seem to remember. And I don't... Ooh. And yeah, I don't know what that was. I've heard of that, but... Mm. But I do remember that it was all not whole. It was all Sat AM stuff. Of it bloody was. All the Americans heard about... So I was like, well, listen, can I be one of the editors who makes the rooms? And can I do some STC ones? And But I'll make it work. I'll make them connect. And they, they allowed me to do that. And I didn't. <laughs> Once again, yet another Young Dave project abandoned. Monday the 29th, I'm back to normal life now. I'm back at school, so I'm having to do sensible things. So I wrote a script, some script, and I made the opening music for our play, Time's Arrow. Named because there had been a recent TNG episode called say, Time's yeah. Arrow. Uh, this was a play... The music, which, if I can find it, I will put on now, was actually a bit avant-garde. I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of myself. What it was, was we needed an imposing opening for this play. And so we had a voiceover, which was me, just, just talking into a microphone. And I played a whole character who was just me talking into a microphone, because I was up in the control room. Putting the music on, doing the lighting, and doing the voice of this character. And so we needed a... A striking opening to the show. And so, uh, there I am turning lights on and off, spotlights going all over the place, and I've got this voiceover going like, Hello, I'm the character that I play in this. Welcome to Captain Blake. And my friend comes on the stage as Captain Blake. And I, so I needed this imposing music. So I've got drums. I've got these big, big chords coming on. And it was, like, nasty to listen to, to the point where my friends were like, oh, I can't use this. It's horrible. But I happened to play it when Sir was in, and he was like, oh, that's amazing! That's great! What a great opening to the play that'll be! Oh, no. So I'm like, <laughs> gotta use it now. Uh, so we did. The, uh, the play itself, by the way, uh, maybe we'll hear more about this, Went badly. Hmm. I'll tell you about that as we come to it. But what it was, at this point, going to be, and in rehearsals what it was going to be, was this amazing thing where about a time machine, where they go back in time and there's Nazis and everything. And there's um, the time machine was this, in order to change the lighting on the stage, like to literally change the bulbs and fix the lights in the stage, you had to have this huge tower made of scaffolding. So... That was there. So we used that as our set and we draped it with all cloths and stuff and we put floodlights in it. So to do the time travel effect, I could make these great lights glow out of this tower that all the, all the cast could be hanging off and they were clambering around and it was all this choreography, fights going on, on this. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was so good. And you'll hear more about how none of that happened as we work our way through the story of that play. And that is it for the Diary Zone. It's all set up, apparently, this month. 
Well, yes, you'll hear more about a sordid affair with Foxy. Now, that one I'm interested in. <laughs> and a play that goes wrong. <laughs> that, no, when you put it like that, yes, come on. <laughs> learn how to sell this some. That's the way to put it. So, sex and disasters. Teenage Disaster, The Diary of Teenage Disaster, David Bulmer, aged 15 and a half. <laughs> Amy. Based Out, Part 3, written by Lou Stringer, art by Bob Corona. Bob Corona! Colours by Nigel Dobbin, and letters by Tom Frame. Shot down by the Blurg, the Insectra Army warship crashes on the planet Gamdan, with Amy, Techno, and Shortfuse aboard. As they pull themselves from the wreckage, the victorious Blurg land and announce that the war is over. Until Insectra leader Dark Visor quietly reminds the Blurg leader that uh, there's no profit in peace. The two sides decide to keep fighting then and there, but find their weapons don't work. An effect of the positive energies of Camdan, whose society has achieved peaceful harmony between science and nature. The planet's energies soothe the warlike impulses of the Insectra and the Blurg, and they decide to stay there, as does Shortfuse, while Amy and Techno have to figure out how to get back to Mobius. A lot going on in this one. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jam-packed summary. Um, number one, looking lovely. Oh, yes, as ever. Yeah, Bob Corona, coloured by Nigel Dobbin. Who could ask for anything more? Oh, lovely. Beautiful. All the, every facet of Nigel Dobbin art, this issue. Mm. You know, you've got him drawing it himself, you've got him colouring Elson, you've got him colouring Corona. Who could possibly want anything more than that? kind of like a clean sweep of the greatest of the great, isn't Beautiful. it? Beautiful. The great art issue. He's one episode. of the greats drawing an issue unto himself. He's colouring one of the other greats, and he's colouring... If we think, are we settling on Corona as kind of like the number three guy behind the two of them? I think he's one of the greats. Yeah, I love Corona. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of a ranking system in my head. I'm like, is oh, he, is I wouldn't dare. No, you I go ahead. I'm just like, is he number three behind Elson and Dobbin? Is what I'm saying. He might be. I can't think of an argument. Why not? Anyway, so the Blurger made a jelly, and that's funny. I like that. <laughs> yes, they're all wibbly wobbly looking. I am Commander Jello Wobbler of the Starfleet. I can't. I can't call them the Blurg. They're not yeah. the Blurg, are they? They're the. Blurg. They're just everyone pronounces it differently, don't they? You, I like to imagine that in the world where this was a TV program and not a comic, that everyone just goes or whenever they have to say the name, they just make a heaving, blorching, retching sound. So they're here. They're here. They land. They're like jelly men in armor. Amy goes, "You've been in space longer than Techno and me, Short Fuse. Are these the good guys?" And Short Fuse is like, "No, they're just as warlike as the Insectras." Our worlds have been at war for 10,000 years, Wobbler. Jello Wobbler is his name. <laughs> no surrender. You're beaten, Dark Rider. Your troops are knocked out. It's over. Shh. We can't let the hostilities end. We'll lose all the perks and get as leaders. No expense accounts. No company vehicles. Think, man. Well, carried away. And then the people of the planet appear. The calm down. This is where we learn that the planet's name is K A A M D A A R N. If you were to simply say it, it's the planet Camdarn. Yeah. But if you were to pronounce it, it'd be the planet Camdarn. It's those two A's. Camdarn. <laughs> 
And they are anteater trunked alien hippie hippies. guys. Big, big old, big old floating cosmic hippies. They've got. They're doing the old cross-legged in the air pose yeah. thing. Lotus position, flying along thing. And that made me laugh a lot. The countdown. That was mm-hmm. good. I that like was that. good. I had a good laugh at that. Ours is a peaceful planet where wars are forbidden. I assume that means there are no weapons here. The two armies decide they're going to combine their forces and conquer the Kamdan. But the guns don't work. Because, and I quote here, (laughs) Our culture combines science with natural laws. We are one with our world, and our planet's energy flow doesn't allow weapons to function here. Spares us much grief, I can tell you. Pipes up one in the background. I always love that. The the guy who talks a certain way and then his mate talks normally. Always a banger. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, without they go, Amy just bodies Dark Visor. Not so <laughs> yeah. tough without your guns, are you, Jam Jar Face? She knocks Darth Vader out single handedly. <laughs> it's not quite on the line of Bin Face from when she took on Brutus, is it? But Jam Jar Face is pretty good. <laughs> Let's see how good you creeps are at unarmed combat, says Techno, and the the wobblers all go, Ooh, uh, we're useless in a fair fight. All right, we give in. <laughs> oh, and they would be, wouldn't they? One punch yeah, they're just made of lip and jelly. Everywhere. Yeah, oh dear. And also, Short Views is here. Remember that? Yeah, he's remember here. that? He's here, yeah. Yep, and he's helping out. I quite like, actually, how this didn't turn into a Short Views story. Oh, yeah? It isn't about how his pet character saves the day for everybody. This was just a kind of a check-in with Short Views type thing. So all the troops on the Insectra and the uh, Blur <laughs> side decide to throw their weapons to the ground and say, we're done, fed up of war. And Visor's like, but war is our tradition. What do we do now? How about you give peace a chance, says Amy. And then, um, yeah, we did a little, little time skip forward where it turns out everybody's now uh, living in peace on the planet. Apparently, the entire warring civilizations of the Blurg and the Insectra were all contained on those two moderately sized <laughs> spaceships. Yeah, yeah. And they're so moderately sized, in fact, that if you go back to the first panel, and I noticed this when I was first reading it, like, as they're climbing out of the ship... The size of them climbing out of the ship compared to the ship means that definitely the stuff from the previous issues couldn't have happened in it. <laughs> yeah. Unless uh, that's just a bit of the ship that broke off. on the Oh, line. that's true. Or maybe they've got... You know, we don't know about technology. Maybe when you go in, you get shrunk down. It's bigger on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're all calmed down by the positive vibes of the planet, which is what inspires uh, Short Fuse to decide to stay here too. The calm Dan may be able to use their positive energy to free me from the armor Robotnik locked me in two years ago. Mm. Actually closer to three if you'd run the numbers on that one. Back in SDC 45, that's uh, 70 odd issues ago now. And one of the calm down takes an interest in short views here and leads to the best joke in this strip. <laughs> You've been trapped in that armor for two years? What happens when you need to... And Shorty goes, <coughs> built-in filter system. <laughs> And the story ends with uh, Amy and Techno staring off into the starry heavens and lovely, isn't it? wondering how the heck they're going to get back to Mobius. Next issue, Earthbound. Not Mobius bound. Earthbound. Oh. 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 Mm. oh. They are out in space visiting alien worlds. Mm. Kind of didn't realize that this um, world hopping theme for Amy and Techno stories uh, kicked in before the Eternity Ring stuff. Because obviously, you know, that becomes the big theme of the the Amy and Techno stories, I guess, next year? 
You may very well say so. I couldn't possibly remember. Well, I mean, you remember the Eternity Ring as a concept. I don't. What the hell's wrong with you? It's like the one other strip in the whole comic for two years. I mean, I'll probably remember when I get around to it, but <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm more interested in um, disaster plays and... Girls. Yes. <laughs> Foxy girls. What are you doing reading a Sonic comic? I'm more interested in plays and girls. and playing with girls. <laughs> You can tell now at this point in the podcast, folks, that Dave has given up for mm. his cramming. What you got there, Dave? It's an apricot flapjack that I procured at a services on the way to TF Nation. <laughs> so it's a week old apricot flapjack uh, that he's just cr- he's just given up now. He's cram. It's as, as if we didn't have anything left to do to the show. More problematic even than that. I started eating it at TF Nation. <laughs> oh my god, you filthy animal! That's an open flapjack, a half-eaten flapjack from a week ago. Did you at least have a clip around it? No, but I've remembered. I didn't. That was another flapjack. Thank God. I bought more than one. <laughs> he thinks he could eat a whole bag of tank fastics in one go. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this was fun too. Yeah, yeah. A nice little capper to an issue with like four solid stories in it. A nice little pick-me-up after last issue. And no mistake, let me tell you, buddy boy, oh my lad. Oh, uh, very reassuring that that's not just it now. Isn't it though? That STC isn't going to be like that. And we know that because we know some of what's coming, but like, we might not have known that back then. Just to have a, a nice... To even have a tail strip... Because the tail strips have been picking up a lot of heat off us for the last little while now. Mm-hmm. Which was then further amplified by that bananas thing in that extra Sonic story last issue. So to have decap back and do an actual funny story for the comedy story in the issue. And to have a tail story that has a bit of ambition to it. It's a two-part story with a little mystery, a little extra character work going on in there. Some good jokes... And then Kitching doing a continuity-based thing in Sonic. And Stringer, we agreed last issue that the spaced-out stuff, the Amy and Techno strip, was the best strip last issue anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, not exactly the screaming heights of Sonic 3 and Knuckles or anything, but just it's reassuring to know that there is still enjoyment to be had on a level above of a five-year-old that last <laughs> issue suggested. We may be doomed to. Speedlines! We return to the rear of the pinup for speed lines. Oh, flip. Well, <laughs> I'd forgotten. Yeah, contrary oh, to no. everything we've just oh, no. said. After everything this we is just said. Oh, all no. All three of the letters on this page are, let's be generous and assume actually children sending in jokes. It could just be that nobody sent anything in and the editorial team. Wanted to just write some jokes in. Who knows? But um, they're credited, so... Now, the worst one is the first one. First the worst, second the best, as we used to say at school. Indeed. Um, and it is Killjoy, which goes like this. Yes. Now, normally, you see, when I read out them, I tend to read out the letter sender's name first. Mm, but... Whereas you tend to go a bit more verbatim off the page. But even were I reading that out this mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have to save the name for last. Please, please, Dave, continue, please. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll see if I can even turn this into spoken word. Let's see. Killjoy is the banner. Dear STC, Q, what goes, hey dude, hey dude, thud? A, Sonic laughing his head off. And that is credited to Carlos the Green-Eyed Monster, brackets, age 230, home dressing room Wembley, enamel badge prize winner. Carlos, come here to me. Fuck off. 
Megadroid replies, So, Carlos, when was Kyle Roshire part of Wembley? Because they have been able to identify from the postmark that this letter did not come from Wembley, but it came from Kyle, that's Kyle a place, not Kyle the person's name. Yes. In Russia. It's a village in Russia. And from some who thinks yeah. he's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that the editors have not been able to play along with this. They're like, this needs to be taken down a peg. Yeah. I'm going to have to expose this person. And, you know, it might have been all right if the joke was funny. Uh, might have been. We've all heard the variation. What goes ha-ha bonk? Ha-ha bonk. Somebody laughing their head off. Yeah. But hey, dude, hey, dude. That's not how you express mirth. No, and also it's not how Sonic talks, really, particularly. Like, that's just eh, a normal normal American would say that. <laughs> yeah, but Sonic is the only American we've ever known. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. I renounce all others. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so angry. I'm so angry and sick. <laughs> I don't know. The second okay. letter here. The second, second letter the best. comes from... Second the best. Mm. Comes from Jack Jeffries from Hay Mills in Birmingham. Hey Mills! And they've captioned this one, Blue Boon. Dear Megadroid, what does... A, these jokes, incidentally, are not worthy, nor can I summon up the energy <laughs> for the usual I say, I, I say, say, I say, I say, Mr. No. Wilmer routine. No. Not for three in a row, mate. No. What does our hero hedgehog say after he's told a mega funny joke? Sonic Boom Boom! Not bad. Yeah, that makes sense. It see it makes sense why you do that. Uh, it won't do to Americans who've never heard of Basil Brush, but uh, Basil Brush was a puppet character that was some sort of comedian. Yeah. Basil Brush began as one of two puppets in a 1962 children's show called The Three Scampies, about which I can find almost no information, except that it seems to have been the final episode of a long-running series called Small Time, which seems to be various puppet-animal-based stories, including as the penultimate episode The Tale of Squirrel Nutkins, so there was at least the one Beatrix Potter story in there. Because I can't find much about that, it's very difficult to tell whether or not he actually was Basil Brush in that episode, with the name and the voice, or whether he was just, you know, a fox puppet in the the puppet spin and the puppeteer Ivan Owen reached back into that puppet bin again later on at the other end of the decade when at the end of the 60s Basil became a support act for a magician called David Nixon and was basically his Gordon the Gopher on his two TV shows where Basil became so popular that he got his own Saturday Tea Time sketch show which ran for a quite astonishing 12 years until 1980 at which point he was now a generally accepted kids character and would just sort of pop up here and there forever. Incidentally, before anybody starts, we're aware that his catchphrase <laughs> is an over-exaggerated evolution of the boom that old people used to say at the end of jokes, in imitation of the drum hit comedians used to get at the music hall. But I've cut the bit where we say so, because the conversation had deteriorated by then, and it's better to just cut back in here. And Megadroid's response to that is, of course, to say, Hit the road, Jack. Yeah, just leave. Just telling them all that they're bad. Bad people bad jokes. Last one then, Dave, tell that hit us with it now. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, last here. Give it everything you got, Dave. It's the last one. you got to send them home laughing. Third here with the hairy chest. Uh, it's with or without. Dear Megabril Droid, I think that you deserve a little laugh every once in a while. Uh, so I've sent you a joke. Question. What do Sonic the Hedgehog and Short Fuse the Cybernic have in common? Answer. Both their middle names are the... <laughs> Chuckles David Nicholson of Gainsborough, Lincolnshire. It earned a mild chuckle. 
<laughs> and Megadroid replies, and your letter started off so impressively, David. <laughs> that's, that's the funniest line on the page. It is. That's, wait a minute, yeah, I didn't twig to that. I twigged to the first one, but yeah, Megadroid is full on telling all three of them they, they fucked up suck. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of bits of fan art sent in. The first one here is from an Anand Damodaran. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that anything like correctly, in Edgeware, Middlesex. And it is a drawing of Sonic, and he's playing on an arcade cabinet of Sonic Games Blast. Sonic Games Blast. Sonic Games Blast. Nice shading. I like how the light from the cabinet is illuminating Sonic's face. That's really good, actually, yeah. And it's in felt tips, too, which is you know, it's not easy to do that in felt tips. There's a good use of the form here. And the cabinet is it's difficult to see because of the, the sheerness of the black that's been used here to colour it in, but there's a good bit of perspective drawn on the actual... Mm, yeah, you can see on the top of the cabinet there, too, and the, the controls, yeah. Sonic's hands are gripping the joysticks about right. Um, shame about the feet, but then where are you supposed to put your feet in front of an arcade camera? That's a problem in real life. you got to lean. you got to do leaning, man. Exactly. Just because you have to stand on your tiptoes to reach up and touch the buttons. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's that. That's what that's a drawing of. And the second piece of art is from David Boyle from Newry in County Down. No, they're in Ireland. And it's Amy in what looks like it's been referenced, but I can't place the reference. It looks like it's mm, been referenced yeah. maybe off a Nigel Kitching drawing of Amy. Yeah. But it's Amy running along with a javelin in hand that she's going to huck. And you, you can, can tell, tell it's a javelin because it's, it's got javelin, javelin on the side of it. And yeah. I'm just peering at it now to just check it's done in the same pen. And I think it is. I think this child did write javelin. Oh, I have no worries about that. <laughs> well, it's just that it looks more like a spear than a javelin. What's the difference? Well, a javelin doesn't have a spearhead, does it? It's just long and then it tapers. I mean, tell a child that. And it's much longer than this. But she's really, it looks like she's just holding a crossbow bolt or an arrow yes. there, to be honest. But, but yeah. it says javelin in a convincingly similar it. pen. Yeah. And it's a nice drawing. Yeah, it's good. Is there anything in our mailbag or can I go curl up and die? It's your letters, it's your letters. It's your letters, it's your letters. Yes, this is the part of the podcast where we flap open our own mailbag, which you can write to. It's stctpodcast at gmail.com. Let's ruffle around in there and see what's in it. Ooh, listen to that very real mailbag ruffling. Very supportive, Chris. Thanks. Okay, uh, we got one here from Lewis. I don't have it in me today, David. You know I don't have much normally. It says, Hello, Chris and Dave. Lewis from long-running Sega fansite, segadriven.com here, and Sonic fansite, Sonic Yoda, prior to that. Just a little message to say I'm a... Huge fan of the podcast, and I've hey. been listening since day one, hey. and also reading since day one, because like yourselves, I very much lived through this era of Sonic fandom. I suppose I kind of still do, seeing how I continue to run a Sega fan site with my pal Liam to this day. I discovered the online Sonic community in 1999, when my family first got a home computer hey, and yes. an internet connection. The first fan site I discovered was the legendary Sonic Fan Games HQ, which coincidentally allowed me to discover the still-in-development... Sonic Roboblast 2, which led me to my first encounter with the work of the young Dave Bulmer. Uh, by the way, Dave, if we ever get to meet in person, I very much appreciate you signing my homemade copy of the Sonic Roboblast 2 soundtrack on CD. It would mean the world. Chris, I'm sure I've got some Transformers <laughs> you can scribble on as well. Anyway... <laughs> Sonic the Comic continues to be a shining example of what can be done with the Sonic franchise. The incredible writing team of Nigel Kitching and Lou Stringer really understood that their protagonists should have fallacies that can be used to craft interesting stories and not just be one-note saviour types. Cough, cough, Archie, cough, cough. 
while I was very much reading Sonic the Comic since issue one, I never had the strength of character to ask my parents if I could subscribe. So getting that Fortnite's STC was basically down to whether I accompanied my dad for the big shop during that issue's cycle. Sadly, this meant there's a fair few holes in my collection that I've slowly been trying to fill. But you know what the prices of second-hand STCs are like nowadays, and I won't be partaking in that sort of tomfoolery. I'm not bloody made <laughs> of money. Have it in this house. I, it also doesn't help that the dreaded Pog craze came along during STCs mm. run, and for a birthday one year, I received the Milk Cap Maker. Me too. Hey, yes. That allowed you to make your own Pogs. I loved the idea of it. But I hated the fact that it required you to destroy the thing you wanted to make. No, it didn't. I just drew pictures and made them into pogs. Well, that's it, you know. Easy peasy. Easiest peasy. Sure, yeah, yeah. But if you ever saw a nice piece of art in something and wanted to make a pog out of it... Ah, uh, well, who would know. do that? Who the hell would do that? What kind of a nose head would do that? <laughs> My chat window is exploding with beeps here as it <laughs> violently slams the button here. As you can see... In the image with my slammer, as you can see in the images attached to this email, which you're more than welcome to share, I still have the remains of what became of some of my STCs uh, in a binder fully pogged. that I also decorated with stickers from an issue of STC. Probably this issue. I haven't looked. And you have every right to curse me for such treachery and disrespect to comics everywhere. Yeah, we are looking at desecration. <laughs> so the front cover of the binder is in fact decorated with the stickers from this issue yep this very issue and in fact some of them are so he started off by making did we know that is this on purpose or is this a coincidence no nope, total coincidence wow um it, so what he's Perfect done timing. is he started off by making a collage of like perfectly lining them up different to the it's not the layout mm -hmm. from the sheet but yeah, it's yeah. it's as if you could believe that if you didn't know the layout, you, that he just peeled them all off and stuck them on as one big thing yeah. because it's perfectly lined up, up to a point. At which point he gives up and just starts wanging them all over the place, just <laughs> slapping them down without a thought to any sort of uh, organization. And then, yes, sadly, his Pog collection, two full pages in a Pog collector's binder, which I wasn't aware it existed, are made out of, there's a Dobbin Knuckles there, there's an Elson Knuckles there, there's Sonic Balancing on the Master Emerald up there. A couple of screenshots. We're proof of yeah. those. That's fine. I don't, don't, know, don't know where you got them. And they from. probably came from STCs, though, didn't they? Uh, they probably came from Q-Zones. Yeah. Uh, probably. Supersonic, Robotnik. Supersonic, laserizing somebody. Yeah. And look, they do make some of them for pleasant pogs. And I, that I, they do. That they do. I applaud the selection of some of the art. Not all of it. There's a couple of awkward ones, but most of it. But... You, you've cut up. You've, speaking of holes in your STC collection, eh? Eh? <laughs> eh? Oh! <laughs> oh! That's you told. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the great work, lads, and I very much look forward to hearing it each episode as it arrives in my podcast feed every fortnight. It's a genuine highlight every time a new episode pops up and lets me start the weekend on a high note. Oh, Chris can't do a high note this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Take care and all the very best for the future from Lewis, Sonic Yoda, Clark. Give me the cyber razor cut, stegadriven.com. Oh, thank you very much for that letter, Lewis. That is horrifying. <laughs> the, 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 the visual photos of gore and desecration that you've sent us. But very pleasant in all other respects. Well, I think that brings us to the end of another issue. We've got the subscription coupon on the inside back cover. Yes, which for your information, if you subscribe, you save £2.50 on the Ooh. full price of all the issues that year, which doesn't seem like enough to bother. That's the price of two whole issues, though. It, 
Should be. Yeah. 26 issues for the price of 24 is what you'll get here. 26 issues in a year. So it's, it is the, perhaps I speak from privilege, it's the sensible thing to do, but for £2.50, can I be asked? Mm, this is it. There's something about the thrill of the hunt, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> but that takes us to the next issue page, which once again is in its good and right and proper place on the back cover of the issue. Now we return to our brain teaser, folks. <laughs> Have you figured out? Yes. Turn over your guesses now, show them to each other, and mark each other's sheet. Remember, it's not curved no. or bent, No. but it is called something similar to this picture of a king. Yes. Why, it's Sonic the Ruler. Yeah. Oh, That's right. A 12-centimeter little <laughs> plastic ruler, uh-huh. which has a nice big molded... It's a bespoke, to be fair to it. Has a nice big molded Sonic head on the yes. end of it. So sadly, I, it's it's one of the ones from those guides that we don't like. But whatever, it's Sonic. Yes, still, <laughs> it's not noticeably so. It's just got bad eyes. Yeah, it's the best one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a wee free ruler, which I wouldn't be surprised you found that in your box. I think that's in my box, but I haven't been to look because who cares? Yeah, well, you got two weeks. Oh, that's true. But I'm <laughs> I'm not going to then either because who cares? <laughs> Look at it. It's a ruler. It's a 12-inch ruler. Oh, centimetre, probably. Ruler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not a full-size ruler. Jesus, no. Printed here, not actual size. And I know just what we can use to find out exactly how much not actual size it is. <laughs> well, you'd have to find it in your box first. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Plus, we got three new stories. Sonic Crisis in the Chemical Plant Zone. Sonic's World. Amy and Techno get Earthbound. Oh, they get Earthbound. They we, It was now in this country, oh, yeah. Well, no, here, no, oh, yeah. Well, there was, was a hard get yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird to see them advertising nintendo game like that yeah. <laughs> and decap attack chuck and the cheese factory plus tales fall of the leaf conclusion and a metal sonic pinup oh hello, hello. yeah all right that's stc 114 on sale wednesday the first of october nearly flipping halloween. halloween 1997 and after it's halloween it's basically christmas as you well know oh Dave. my god one pound 27 while dave sinks into an existential crisis well it's 25 what did i say seven jesus i'm adding the price up <laughs> myself 1.25 plus tax. they try to take 2p off you in the shop you tell them I was wrong. 2p missing? Contact your news agent. Contact your news agent. No. Contact me and I'll reimburse you. I think I can spare it. Gosh, this has been a silly episode. I do hope you have enjoyed the uh, the sonorous, sensual tones of oh. my plague throat. Who could not have? <laughs> I'm going to go and lie down after this. So when you're looking for next episode, you will find it. At most places, good podcasts are available, but you can download it directly from our lovely website, at stctp.zone. But wherever you get it from, do leave us a review, please, and thank you. You can follow the podcast on the various social media that have been bubbling up all over the place. We are still on Twitter, as long as that survives, at Sonic Podcast. We're on Blue Sky, same name. We're on Mastodon, same name. We are also on all those things individually as well. Yeah, we got our codes sorted out by now. I am at Chris McFeely, anywhere you care to try and find me. And I am at Demon Tomato Dave. You can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash stctp, where any amount that you care to donate will get you special access to our bank of bonus videos and to audio. our bank of wank <laughs> well that is about right but it doesn't exactly make for good advertising copy <laughs> no. 
No, does it? <laughs> Looking at the uh, various Sonic novels by Martin Adams and Dave's, this is where most of the wank lies, teenage fanfiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The end of Mobius and the secrets of Mobius. The last and the first Sonic stories ever told and greatest. And I read them to Chris and you can see him collapse. Uh, bodily, which has led to this. He said it was COVID, but it's not. It's, yeah, it's not. It was this. <laughs> I've been fighting it off for three years nearly now. That and access, of course, to our lovely Discord is all mm, over yeah. at. It's not exclusive. I'm sure you can get in wiggly way in another way, but it's over at patreon.com forward slash stctp. Our theme tune, our opening theme tune, was called Synchronize. It was by Sonic the Comic the Band, friends of the show, but we have been Sonic the Comic the Podcast, friends of the show, and we will see you, our friends of the show, next time. Well, I'll try to anyway. <laughs>